Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you, and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how Grit and Grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome back. I'm really excited today to talk to you about building community partnerships because this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I do. My company, Corporate Cause Agency, this is the area that we focus on. Our goal is to look at ways that businesses and community partners, such as nonprofits or charitable organizations, can work together and really improve not only our communities, but help drive revenue to the business. And I get asked a lot why I'm so passionate about this topic and why it matters to me And it's mainly because I've worked in this field for a really long time. More than 14 years of experience that I have working with nonprofits and charitable organizations in mainly senior executive positions. But really, when you work with a nonprofit or charity, you wear a variety of hats. So I filled all kinds of different roles in that sector for a really long time. And I love it. I love being a part of communities that really focus on making a positive impact in our world. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I would be sitting across the table from a business or a foundation or a partner that I would be asking for support for. I, you know, we often look for resources in our field and in the nonprofit sector, primarily money, but oftentimes expertise or, you know, support in different areas to move the mission of the organization forward. And so many times I would sit across from a business where I'm asking for significant donations and support. And I would say, well, what can we do for you in return? And oftentimes, if this is a business that didn't have a formalized policy on how they gave to their community, they would kind of look at me like I grew a second head. Because the term, you know, corporate social responsibility implies that it's a company's responsibility to do something good in the community. And I understand what that term means, but I actually don't use that term very often because I don't think that it should be a responsibility. I think it should be a partnership, a partnership between a company that wants to make positive impact in the community, but also knows there should be a return on that investment for them because charities and nonprofits have a lot to offer. Their circles of influence, their donors, their communities, their, you know, their brand, all of the things that they do can really benefit a business. Not even accounting for the fact that businesses that truly partner with nonprofit organizations see a huge improvement in their culture internally. Because you know what? Employees and teams They want to work for companies that think outside of just their product or service. It matters to them. In fact, you know, Cone Communications reported a study. They do a lot of really great research in this area. And they reported a study that 65% of all consumers would rather do business with, purchase from, service with a company that cares about their community. So if this is something that you haven't thought about, whether or not you're a business or you're a part of a business or you're a member of a team, if you haven't really delved into what your company does to support your community and how it benefits you, well, you've come to the right place because today that's what we're going to talk about. I recently just recorded uh, a really 
you know, high level webinar on the topic of this, how you create good partnerships between business and cause or corporate and cause. And you're welcome to reach out to me and I'll send you the full webinar because it re, you know, really gave you the tools on how to, you know, take your company from step one to step five to really implement this plan. But today I'm going to give you a, a, a brief overview on what that looks like and how you can start that today. And this is applicable for anybody. If you're an employee at a company that doesn't do a lot of you know, community development, this is a really great conversation that you can start. And you can share this podcast and say, hey, listen, let's go watch this webinar and, and find out how you know we can build this into the fabric of our company because philanthropy matters. And it matters more than just the checks you write or the hours that you volunteer. And I know that that that's where we lose a lot of senior executives or, you know, entrepreneurs who are scaling their company. You know, when we're in the throes and the thick of it, and we have like major growth and development plans. And let's just face it, when you're running a small to medium sized company, you are often inside of it doing your business instead of running your business. And it takes a few different inst instances where things will come up where you really have to step outside and look inside of your business and where your impact is and what you hope to accomplish. And that's where you can see the bigger picture and find all of the ways that philanthropy can help your business move the needle towards whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So this is what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about how community partnerships will improve your bottom line and how philanthropy is part of the formula for success. And I'm going to give you steps that you can take away and take back to your business or to your employer, regardless of, of what stage you're at or what your career is, and that you can implement right now. And who is this information for? And I want to tell you that this information is for everybody. It doesn't matter where you are at in, in the hierarchy of a company that you work for or what stage that you're at in growing and scaling your own business. I want you to stop and really think about all of these things from any of those perspectives because this information is for anyone. And in the next, like, you know, let's say, you know, half an hour of today, we're going to really cover off on these four pillars. Brand awareness. How working with a community partner improves your brand in the community and how people perceive the work that you do. And number two, we're going to talk about how this improves your employees' dedication to what you do. So your culture, your internal culture. We're going to talk about like how this drives costs down and increases revenue. And then of course, the fourth pillar is that you also get to do something really good in the community and make positive change at the same time at making positive change to your bottom line. It really is a win-win. And if you have any questions, you know how to reach me. If we're at whatever platform you're listening to this on, you can always find me at Taverly at CorporateCauseAgency.com. And that's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E -E -E at CorporateCauseAgency.com. Because this is what we do. This is what we love. This is what, you know, my company is passionate about. And, you know, all of this experience that I have on the nonprofit side really gives me that 360 perspective from working in business and working with charities and nonprofits. And I think it's important to look at both sides because sometimes, you know, there are really great organizations out there that you want to partner with nonprofits, but they may not have yet evolved to the place of fully being capable of building the models into their organization that allow them to be a good partner for you as a business. And there are ways that we can do that. We can, you know, refer people to you. And there are lots of programs to, you know, shift that mindset away from, you know, 
you know, going out and seeking sponsorships for an event. I mean, that that's an avenue. It's a tool um, as a part of a partnership plan, but it, it shouldn't be a sole plan. It's the same thing for nonprofits that focus on grants for their funding. Well, that's great. And and yeah, we can we can look at grants to, you know, help us improve project funding and it's important. But again, it's a tool to move the organization towards its its mission. And a lot of times grants come with, you know, significant obligations in terms of reporting and where those funds can be spent. And then, of course, if we only look at individual donors for supporting our cause, we are really missing an opportunity to work with businesses that are aligned with our values or, you know, grants. I mean, it's from the nonprofit side, you want to approach your development strategy from a variety of angles. But a lot of small to medium-sized nonprofits don't necessarily have the resources to really think in that big picture. And so if you're a part of one or there's one that you know that you want to part with, want to partner with, and you don't think that they're evolved to that point, you know, you are welcome to send them our way. We will help get them the resources they need to develop their internal structure to be able to handle a partnership like this. So I look at both of those perspectives. I look at, you know, what the nonprofit is, where the, where the state is that they are in their own growth and development, what impact they have in the community. And oftentimes we might also need to help them along the way to be a good partner for you because we are focusing on the business perspective today. And there's also a lot of really great data that's come out now that talks about uh, sponsorship. And one thing that, you know, can happen a lot inside nonprofit organizations is, you know, it's, it's, they can be a machine where everybody wears multiple hats because listen, anybody that dedicates their life, like I have to working with nonprofit organizations that really make an impact in our community, the variety of hats that you wear and the amount of work and time and effort and heart and soul that you put put into moving that cause forward often takes you away from being able to look at it from the perspective of a business. And that's where I see this mindset shift of corporate social responsibility coming in because I don't think of it as a responsibility. I know that if a business really wants to have a successful partnership with a nonprofit, has to be something in it for them. You know, we are we are way past the stages where I think that, you know, companies are willing to just write off significant amount of dollars without at least being able to share that story and improve their brand, without being able to engage their employees. Because you know, the the tax write off and that is is definitely a thing. But you know what? It isn't that great. And I, I think that there are a lot of really large organizations and there's plenty of research out there that you can go find from from Coke to, you know, all of the, the major, you know, beer producers to um, environmental businesses. You know, if they feel that, you know, their companies leave a negative impact on society, you will definitely see them, you know, focusing on, you know, improving the sustainable development goals that, you know, have been rolled out by the United Nations. You know, there's a lot of high-level issues in in the world that a lot of large companies invest their time and money and resources into helping to solve those. That's not what I'm talking about today because those are really high level and they are for, you know, multi-million and billion dollar companies. They step in and they really get it. They bring teams in place to look at 
the largest issues, and I think there are 11 or 12 of these um, development, sustainable development goals that are, are rolled out for the next several years at the United Nations, and they are super, super important. And they are often addressed with some of the largest companies. And if you look at what Google does, if you look at what um, you know different internet service providers do and how they jump into tackling these issues, they don't just look at it in the United States. They are working on a global scale to make positive change. I related to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I had the pleasure of you know working with them and receiving a grant when I worked uh, alongside Mayor Hancock at Denver Sister Cities to address a project where an African city and a Chinese city and a U.S. city would come together and create a trilateral relationship. And this specific project was meant to address an urban poverty issue in Africa. But we had to work from the municipal level of each city to business partners, to community organizations, and all come together and create this plan and roll out you know, and implement the plan on addressing urban poverty. But the priority was also to figure out how a city from China and a city from the United States and a city from Africa could work together. And, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they address some of the hardest, hardest things that we face in society today. And that project was, wow, so enlightening. And one of the things that I've loved doing the most in my career, and it was, wasn't just because of the issue that we addressed, we were working in Nairobi at the time, but it wasn't just because of that project, but it was because seeing people from China come together with people from the United States, with people from Kenya, and collectively creating plans and finding ways to connect and finding ways to bring business partners in and finding commonalities to address the problem that we were focusing all built around you know shared values and the vision of the project and it was enormously impactful for everyone that was involved and not just because of you know what we accomplished because it was really amazing we actually uh, rebuilt helped rebuild a primary school in Nairobi and it was about creating a sustainable model so that school could continue to rebuild itself at the end of the project. But it was really impactful to spend time with so many different Chinese businesses and partners and seeing their perspective on how they looked at the world. So the reason why I bring this up is because there are very large global issues that we face and they are super important. And I see them being tackled by some of the most successful companies in the world. And it is absolutely critical, but on a smaller scale. So even just saying in the United States, for example, small to medium sized companies don't necessarily have the bandwidth to know how they can actually contribute to move the needle in any of those categories. And I think that you can. I think that anything that we do to make our communities stronger, whether it's you know local and within a, a district or within a city or within a state or across the United States, there is always a way to move the needle. Whatever scale you participate at, it does help. It does make change. So don't think of yourself as being too small to make change. Think of yourself as one person along with a whole bunch of other people in your company and a whole bunch of other companies and a whole bunch of other nonprofit organizations that collectively come together to solve these issues that we face. So yeah, that's that's where my passion comes from. That's why I absolutely love what I do because I know that there is so much potential to make positive change. And you know, I think that everybody knows they should be doing something to support their community. And I think what happens, especially from the entrepreneurial perspective, which is what I'm primarily focusing on today, small to medium-sized businesses, and that that's a wide range, I know that that could be let's say 
anything from you know 250 employees down to five employees. It's really easy to get caught up in the growth of building our business and, and maybe put the philanthropy piece on the side to focus on when we have more resources available. I'm here to tell you that you have the resources to do it now. You just need to put a plan in place. You need to add it to your plans already. Okay, so there's four steps that I want to go through with you, and this will give you information that you can take away and implement no matter what type of business you work in or what position you have in the company. This is a conversation you can have, or if you're a business owner, get a pen and paper and you can start taking notes. As the most important thing that you need to do, number one, is know your values. Just as important as having a mission and a vision for why you do what you do, it's also really important to know your core values. Whether you are like a a new startup or you're several years in, small, medium-sized, five employees, 50 employees, 100 employees, we often fly by the seat of our pants as we grow. And when the time comes to make a really difficult decision, if we don't already have our values established, it can lead to chaos and complications. And God forbid, if you ever get yourself in a situation where you're challenged on a decision that you've made and you cannot lay out the reasons why you made that decisions and the values that guided you to that decision, it can very quickly get you in the hot water. And this is even more prevalent today with how easy it is on social media for people to just literally just get, you know, like just beat up for making a bad choice. And it doesn't even matter if it's true. If your company is perceived at making a bad choice or a choice that, you know, is looked at as some type of discrimination or you didn't do the right thing and follow up, it, it doesn't even matter if you did that or not. If someone perceives that you've done that and it goes out to the social media and it gets hit everywhere and goes viral, you know what? It doesn't even matter if it's true or not. You can literally see everything go down very quickly. But if you are able to lean back on your values and stand by the decisions you make and that your employees make on your behalf, if you can't do that, it's going to be problematic. But if you can, it's going to help you really navigate how to handle challenging situations that come your way. And, you know, I know I came across recently um, a woman who owns a company in Denver and she has, I think she has anywhere from 20 to 30 employees and they have a lot of different large contractors. And she recently shared the story that she terminated her largest client, her biggest income generator. And she did that because that client itself mistreated its own employees. And so when her team had to interact with their team, it created such a bad feeling amongst her team. People didn't like it. They felt uncomfortable. They knew that those employees weren't necessarily going to, you know, have to handle a decision very well because the way that they were treated was greatly impacting them, which impacted her own team. So she took the the risk and terminated the client. When she did that, she did it knowing that it's going to impact their bottom line. She knew that their values and their the happiness of their employees mattered more. And what happened was it was filled, that position was filled with an, by another client within a couple of months. But it was hard. It was a very hard decision for her. And I commend her so much for saying that the happiness of my employees and how they're treated matters more to me than the, the dollars in my bank account. So values matter. They matter a lot. 
And speaking of employees, your employees' values matter as well. So it's not enough to know what your values are as a company. It's also really important to know if your employees or your teams are engaged in understanding your values. If you haven't, if you haven't really looked at this, I mean, now might be a time because you want to make sure that your employees embrace and embody the values of who you are as a company. I, a few years ago, I was managing a large team and I brought them together to do a values exercise. We spent a whole half day going through the process of looking at what each employee's values were personally on their own and myself included. And, you know, we did a whole bunch of different exercises and different categories and areas. And then we collectively shared our values with each other. And then what we did is set that aside. And then we pulled out our organizational values and we delved deep into them. We asked questions. We asked ourselves if we were operating by those values. We came up with, I I don't even know how many examples of decisions that we had made about certain processes or systems or or, um, let's just say situations that came up. And we asked ourselves, did we live by the organizational values when we handled those matters? And in most cases we did for sure. Um, But what we did then was take our personal values all collectively and put them alongside our company values. And in our case, we were all so surprised at how aligned we really are. And it doesn't mean that our goals are all the same, especially with employees. I mean, hey, when you're working with millennials, their goals of what they want to accomplish in life is going to be very different than those of us that are not in the millennial generation. But what we do have in common are the values in which we want to achieve those goals. And so that was a really interesting process for me. In fact, one of those team members that participated in that process called me for a reference a few months ago and we were you know just briefly talking and he told me that one of the processes that he went through when he was interviewing for this position was to ask them if the company lived by their values and what their values were I'm sure he's shocked them because a lot of people don't ask that but I was super proud of him because he realized that to make a change in his life if he was going to jump ship and go somewhere else it had to be somewhere that had values that he knew that he could stand by. So I think that that's super, super important. So that's number one, know your values. So if you haven't yet, go through a process, find a a support system, take a class, hire an outside consultant, look at your values internally as a company and ensure that you have those in place and that you are doing an active, regular job of engaging your employees in the process of understanding your values. And I think that you will find that right there is going to be a complete life changer for your business. Okay, so step two, you want to look at your historic information. What, you know, what have you done in the past and why? So I actually like to to have clients and businesses that I work work with create a chart. I want you to like make a chart. I don't care if it's on paper or if you're going to make a formal PowerPoint presentation for your whole, you know, community partnership development plan, whatever that might be. But make a chart and list at the top of the chart all the different nonprofit organizations that you have either A, donated to, B, sponsored an event for, or bought tickets to a gala for, or C, had employees volunteer for, or maybe you have, you know, senior executives or some of your administrative staff providing mentoring and volunteering for. I want you to think of all of the nonprofits that your company has engaged with. And that could even be, I mean, if you're a marketing or a social media type company, I'm sure that you've given some of your time and expertise to help a nonprofit because we get asked to do these things all the time. So list it. List it all across, say, the 
the top of a chart. Put all along the top line every name of every any nonprofit that your company has worked with in any capacity. And then on the left-hand side of this chart, I want you to list out the different areas that you could have possibly provided resources to them. So the top might be dollars. Maybe you made donations you know, just straight donations or an employee matching type program. And then be below that, I want you to include volunteer time. So you're going to create a category that's going to allow you to track how many hours or days of service or events or build, whatever it might be that you did, but direct program volunteer time. And then underneath that, I want you to put mentor or expertise and track that separately because when you're providing expertise as a maybe, I mean, maybe you have somebody on your, on your team team that volunteers has volunteered for a board of directors and and have provided you know guidance and leadership for the organization or maybe you have someone who you know works in a, a software industry as part of your company and they go and volunteer on the weekends and help you know teach kids to code if your company has supported that or been involved in any of that that's where you want to include that separate your direct volunteer time from the expertise volunteer time and then the last category i want you to list on this chart is sponsorship because we all do a lot of sponsorship. We give money and we get a logo put on something and we don't look at how that's impacted our business. And I, I want you to do that. And after today, you're going to do that. Okay. So across the top of this chart, you've listed all the nonprofits that you've worked with. On the left-hand side, you've made four categories. You've included dollars. You've included program volunteering. You've included expertise volunteering and then sponsorship at the bottom. Now fill it in. So complete that chart. Every nonprofit that your company has interacted with, include in that hours, dollars, who, what, when, where, and why. Okay. So there's your chart. That's step two. Number one, you have evaluated what your values are and ensured that they're being embodied across your company. Number two, you've gathered now all this really good historic information on what you've done in the past. So now number three, I want you to make a brand new chart. I want you to make a brand new chart. And I want you to start by looking at the bottom of your chart and including strategic goals that you know you want to accomplish in the next year or two years if you have that planned. I want you to start at the bottom of your chart with your strategic goals. So let's talk about some examples. Maybe you want to expand into new markets. Maybe you want to be prepared to start attracting better talent to your company because good talent is going to be hugely important as your company continues to grow. And you want to build a culture where people know, hey, that's a great place to work. I want to be there because you know what? Their, their employees matter. That's the type of culture you want to build. So maybe that's one of your strategic goals. Maybe your strategic goal is to increase direct service revenue or increase a new product line or expand your market into a different part of the world. It doesn't matter. Whatever your strategic goals are, list them all across the bottom of this chart. And then one level up from that on this chart, I want you to include the resources that you have available to give. And this isn't just about money, folks. This is also about, again, expertise, volunteer time. This is where you get to think outside of the box. You might have a certain amount of money that you've budgeted for philanthropic activities. Let's just say you put 20000 in your budget for 2019. You know you're going to donate $20,000 somewhere in the community. Most of the time it comes from either the owner or senior executive's passion project, something they really care about that has either impacted their family or their neighbor, or it's something that they've been involved in in the past. We're, we're going to, you can continue to do that, but we're 
we're going to put that aside for now because now we're looking at it from what's going to be best to benefit the business. So your resources, maybe you're going to think outside of the box and allow, you know, each employee to have two full paid days a year to go out and volunteer to, you know, a nonprofit of their choice. You know, that's that's a, a great plan. You could also include in there an employee matching program where for every, you know, campaign that your company does to raise money for XYZ cause that you care about, for every dollar that employee raises, you'll match it. There are lots of ways. So I want you to think about resources. Resources and time, resources and expertise in your company, okay, and the dollars that you have to provide. So we are now in step three, you have a new chart. At the bottom of this chart, you've included your strategic goals. Second level up, you've included the resources that you have identified that you can give. And I'm telling you, this is way more than just dollars. Dollars are often included, but it's way bigger than that. Okay, then one level up from that, you're going to go back to step one and pull your values into this chart. So and this this is we have not yet even discussed about which not nonprofit makes a good partner for you, we're not there. We're talking about you, your business, talking about your strategic goals, the resources that you have to provide and the values that your company lives by. When you chart this out, and honestly, it doesn't really matter to me how you chart it out. I'm just giving you sort of a visual example of a way to look at it in one in one place. From there, when you look at that, you are going to see whether or not you've been aligned in the previous nonprofits that you've worked with. Because I'll give you an example. If you are, you know, if if, if you are partnering with a nonprofit organization that supports um, cats, let's say it supports cats. And you're in an environmental company and you leave a footprint in the in the world that you work in. Um, you know, maybe you realize that one of the most important things for your company, the values that you live by, is to ensure that any negative consequence that your business has on the world we live in, that you will make sure to counter that with some sort of positive solution. So then in that case, supporting a, a nonprofit organization for cats doesn't necessarily align with your values. So that's why values are so important. And there's hundreds and hundreds of examples. And it doesn't mean that their cause has to be your company. It just has to mean that the values and what you're trying to accomplish and the way that you choose to live by matches a partner. So you have this new chart, you have this information listed at the bottom on your goals, you have the next layer up, you've included the resources, and then you've listed your values. And right here, people, you have given yourself a visual starting place to build a community partnership plan. And that's step number four. I now want you to take your values and this new chart that you've created and start to research what would make a good community partner for you. And I want you to think really outside of the box. Um, there's a really interesting example I'll give you, Tito's Vodka. They, you know, they definitely have strong values and they worked with their employees to, to, to ensure that you know, everybody was working together and they came up with this really great thing. And that is that their people in their company, they just love dogs. It's part of how they work with an open culture in their, in their business and they love dogs. So they like literally created a partnership with a dog organization. I don't know the name of it offhand. I might remember it before we're done today, but they created this really, really neat, um, 
partnership with this nonprofit that supports dogs. And they created their own website. And I think it's called um, Vodka for Dog People. <laughs> so they, they started looking at, okay, we know we love vodka. We make good vodka. We make people happy with our vodka. And we know that we really love people that love dogs. And they created a whole partnership around this. And they started launching yappy hours at local bars and liquor stores where a portion of the proceeds of every bottle of vodka sold or drink served made a donation back to the organization. And all their employees got involved in it. And they in, in, invited their vendors and their customers. And I think even I think even the people that sourced out their bottles got involved. They created a whole campaign around supporting something that they truly valued as a company. But more importantly, they partnered with an organization that matched those values. So then your question is going to be, how do I find what makes a good partner as opposed to just the causes that my the president of my company cares about? And that's a really good question. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. In this step four, the most important part is to do your due diligence. You want to look at your partners, potential partners at their market at their audience, at the people they reach and who they serve, who their other partners are, and their reach and their key leadership and their circles of influence. And of course, you're going to want to make sure they have a look at their financial statements and you know how they operate and you know if they have a conflict of interest policy um, and you know declarations of anti-discrimination. You want to make sure all of that. You know what? You can do all of that on your own from 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 a few quick Google, Google searches. You can go to the website, you know, you can go to the IRS um, and, and pull information. You can look at all this before you even approach a partner. So once you have found what your values are and what community partner really could align with you and help you move your mission forward. You got to do due diligence because oftentimes there are more than one nonprofit that actually work in that space because there's a lot of different nonprofits that have different goals, different structure, different size, um, and they have different partners. And some of them might have partners that might not be somebody that you want to be a part of. I I'll give you another example. I had a, a really amazing opportunity to sit on a committee that was recruiting all of the volunteers for the Olympics. And this was many years ago when I lived in Toronto. And we were really excited. We had a whole bunch of partners that were coming in to fund, you know, our country's ability to move like 5,000 volunteers from Canada to the U.S. Um, Olympic Committee's headquarters to participate in volunteering. And so at that time, we were looking for business partners to come on and help us get all these volunteers funded and trained, outfitted in matching shirts, accommodations, all of that. So we had a really big budget to fill. And we wanted to partner with, you know, some high level businesses that were already supporting the U.S. Olympics and the Canadian Olympics at the time. Uh, we'll say the International Olympics. I'm in the U.S. now, so I say U.S., but it's really the International Olympic Committee. And we had the opportunity to work with a really, really, really amazing, high-level, well-known manufacturer. And we we loved the idea of bringing this manufacturer in because they were going to write a check close to a million bucks. And our committee, we had a large committee because these were some very big decisions, but we were a community-based committee. And one of the things that that year in the Olympics that they really promoted was the health and wellness that sports and activity brings to our world. And this manufacturer, 50% of the products that they produced were full of very, very, very unhealthy products. And 
although the manufacturer itself didn't produce those products they were a go-through, we had a really tough decision because their partners who they worked with and other companies they represented didn't match the values of our committee. And you know what? We turned it down. We turned down, you know, I think it was going to be, it was going to be somewhere between like, I don't know, one in four million that we would have collectively received from that company. Um, and we decided not to. And that was a tough decision at the time. I remember kind of being shocked that there were so many people on the committee that were willing to say, nope, no go. We're promoting health. We're promoting well-being. The Olympics stands for this, 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 and this. Our volunteers, we are encouraging them to stand for this, 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 and this. How can we bring on a sponsor that is not aligned with those values? So this is this is something that's important. So not only do you want to think about the nonprofit itself, but you do want to look at their other partners. You know, if you're if you're a company that is working in a, in a sector that's very specific on education or service to promote the future, you definitely want to make sure that you're working with a nonprofit and, and that their partners are focused on that as well. Because there are oftentimes sort of con, con contradictory missions that can happen. So, okay, so we're still on step four. We're talking about looking at how to select a really good partner. So once you've done all of your due diligence and you feel like you've identified a really good nonprofit or charitable organization that is A, aligned with your values, that B, you really feel like you have a tie into the market that they serve or the programs that they deliver, and you can see where your own strategic goals would benefit from partnering with that organization, now it's time to meet with them. Because remember what I said at the beginning, not all nonprofits are positioned as of yet to be able to have a partnership of this type. So what you want to do is arrange a meeting with their, you know, their senior leadership team or, or that in combination with somebody on their board of directors and sit down and tell them your objectives. Don't be afraid to say, listen, we love what you're doing. We want to be a part of this organization. We are committed to you. And here's what we would, here are the resources that we can bring to the table for you. And that could be, again, you know, days of service. It could be volunteering. It could be mentoring. It could be expert advising. It could be dollars. It could be events. And it actually should be a variety of all of these things to be a really, truly successful, meaty partnership. But then you need to let them know that you have expectations in this partnership as well. And that's where you start talking about your strategic goals. Be clear. Tell them that your goal in 2019 is to do X, Y, and Z. And that this partnership, you want this partnership to help move the needle towards those goals. And you know what? A good nonprofit partner that is willing to think outside of the box is going to sit down with you and say, you know what? We, we could absolutely do that. Or they're going to say, I don't know if we can do that. We're stretched thin. We don't, we don't look at partnership like that. We just need dollars. So in that case, that might not be the right nonprofit for you, or they might not be at the right stage for you. And maybe you would table that for another time. Or maybe that's part of your initial investment to that nonprofit is to help them find the resources to up-level their strategic planning to meet the needs of some really great business partners. So it could be an option. You could dive in and, and want to help them with that growth. That could be step one of your partnership, or you might put it on hold until they're at that place. But you want to set an in-person meeting and really discuss your goals really clearly. Okay, so to recap, if you want to implement new community partnerships for your business or a company that you work for, you need to know your values. You really want to gather your historic information and figure out where you've given time and resources and money and why and who. And then you want to create a new framework on starting with your strategic goals for your business. 
You want to make sure that you include in that how the resources are going to be come forth, where they're going to come from. You want to match that with your values. And then you want to start working with your whole team. And I suggest this be a whole process of your team's involvement on what nonprofits you're going to start initially researching. So there you go. This is how you can get started. This is how you can change how you think of philanthropy. Because I don't I don't believe that philanthropy or corporate social responsibility is a responsibility. I believe it's a partnership between a business that wants to do something really great in their community and they also want to see their bottom line improved. And when you do that and you share your stories far and wide, you also want to make sure that you're measuring the impact. So going back to those four pillars, right? Improving your brand awareness creating a better culture in your company, lowering costs and increasing revenue and doing good in the community. The only way that you're going to know that any of those things have happened is if you measure what you've done. So maybe you are going to implement a new strategy in your marketing plan to ensure that the work you're doing in the community is shared far and wide, not just on your social media platform, but you should also develop a page on your website or where your customers, consumers, and vendors most often visit and put it front and center. Here's what we're doing to support our community. And then you should be asking your nonprofit partner to do the same. Cross promotion is huge in this type of partnership. And that right there, if you ever get yourself in a hot water with your brand, you will have already established yourself as someone that truly cares about their community and, and cares about their own bottom line because the better you do as a company the more you can invest in your community so it is important that both sides of that is looked at and in terms of your employee engagement Listen, I can't stress this enough. The next generation of our workforce that's coming out of college right now and has been for the last 10 years, listen, they care a lot more about what impact you have on society than they do about an extra day of vacation or where you put their desk or the title that you give them. So if you really want to attract top talent, you have to ensure that your company cares more about just the product and service that you deliver, but they also see the big picture and where you sit in your community. And the the costs of your marketing and your HR development will go way down because you're going to be organically building a story and sharing it in huge new amounts of circles of influence through your community partners that you hadn't reached before. So your revenue is going to go up and it's totally measurable for you to determine how has your that needle moved for your business while you've been building this partnership. And then, of course, that fourth pillar. Listen, we all can do our part to do something really great and amazing in the world, regardless of what product you sell or where you sit in a logistics chain or what service you provide. We all can do a small part to really create positive impact in our world. So if you want more information, you know, you guys know how to reach me. My company is called Corporate Cause Agency, and that's my website, corporatecauseagency.com. And we love sharing information. And if you would like to listen to a free webinar that will dive into this and give you actual specific examples of what those charts can look like and the tools that you can use to develop a good partnership, we are more than happy to share that because that's our part. That's what we do to help businesses and nonprofits really create long-term partnerships that not only impact the nonprofit, but really move the needle towards a return on that investment for the business. So yes, I talk a lot on this podcast about my company and all the amazing women that do great things. And as you can tell, I am filled with information on this topic because it's what I love. And I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. And I am absolutely here if you have any other additional questions. And my friends, go out and be fierce and do something really good in the world today.